Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Curtain Call. You thought the show was over. We are back for episode seven. I'm Cameron. I'm Jennifer. And today we are talking about Hamilton. Well, just the first act because we have a lot of thoughts, so we're going to have to split it into two episodes, but it's going to be a good one. I'm so excited. We have both just rewatched the Disney Plus um, recording of Hamilton and taken a lot of notes, so we are ready to ramble. Um, but first we'll do our introductions, our little highlights, lights, and spotlights. So Jenna, tell me about your week. I'm so glad you asked, Cameron. Um, so I had a really lovely weekend. My highlight was going to my friend's parents' house and we got to go out on their boat on the river. So it was just three of us, but we got to do a little bit of tubing, got to just like, you know, be on the water and relax and swim a little bit. It, we did have a tropical storm coming through, so there was rain, but there was no lightning, so we were being totally safe. There were other boats in the water. But anyway, so the rain was not awesome, but it was still really fun. I saw um, the picture, it looked fun. Yeah, we had a good time. I was like in a windbreaker <laughs> over my bathing <laughs> suit. <laughs> but it was a good time, so. Um, and then my low light is school's picking up, so stuck doing more schoolwork so my days are a little bit more full but it's all good we're we're learning so that's important right um <laughs> and then my spotlight is a new show that is premiering tonight which is telling you when we're when we're recording this but i'm so excited that koi cot is starring in a new show called filthy rich um i'm gonna have to watch it of course because he's a he's a star um so maybe we'll have to do like a review of season one or something when it's absolutely over. yes i'm gonna need to watch it yeah i think like law and order walks so filthy rich can run i'm <laughs> so excited for this character development um yeah cory cot what a man what an actor the range really <laughs> so Cameron tell me about your week my week was so good um so my highlight was work I recently just started my new job and I like I love it I know I've only been there two weeks but it's so fun I'm working at an escape room um which is just such a good time there's seven rooms that I have to learn so like they keep, like basically to learn a room they just put you in it by yourself and set the timer and <laughs> you like get out and then they, you have to like walk through it backwards and like put everything away and then you just walk back and forth and like keep explaining it to people until you have it memorized so I have three rooms learned four more to go and it's just so fun I get to sit back in my control room and watch the people try to get out and be like try you know here's a hint <laughs> try this instead it's so oh my fun. gosh yeah I was gonna ask if you got to be in the control room that's yes. oh that's so cool it's like okay like the psychology nerd in me is like freaking out because it's like you get to see like team dynamics and like how people approach problems and have different mindsets it's so cool um but yes my low light is like you school is also picking up um and I'm just needing to like get back in my like time management skills yeah. And yeah, virtual makes it just a little bit harder because I'm like, I like after sitting at my desk for six Zoom calls, the last thing I want to do is come back to my desk and do my homework. So we'll get through it though. We will get through it. Um, my spotlight. Okay, I'm back. I'm back on it. I'm back on Six the Musical. Uh, <laughs> I never left Six the Musical, so I, mean, I get it. I didn't really. Uh, I, my first weekend at work, some people were talking about it. They're like, have you heard about Six? And I was like, have I heard? I have heard. I have a whole podcast episode on it. <laughs> um, but I've been running to it. Have you ever run to it before? Oh, have I run to it? 
it's great running music yeah, why would you take me so long to get onto that it's so I'm like I can't do it I can't do it and then I'm like and off Cleves <laughs> and then you're like you're like there are six BA women yes singing about how they survived Henry VIII I can make it through this mile oh oh yes absolutely absolutely <laughs> All righty. Well, let's just dive right on into Hamilton. Um, honestly, my first note from it is before it even starts. The Disney castle scene, superb. I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. It's my top five Disney castle openings of all time. It's so good. It is. It, it just really like, I don't know, it just sends chills down your spine, you know? Just so thematically appropriate. I'm just like, I love it. <laughs> I feel that. Anyways, um, did you have any, what's your first note? My, my first note is also before the show, um, <laughs> and it has to do with our audience introduction um, done by Mr. King George himself, <laughs> Jonathan Groff. Um, I think my favorite part of the whole introduction is when he tells everyone to enjoy his show, um, considering he's got nine minutes of stage time. It was just, we were just already off to such a clever start. I was ready for it. I didn't know that that was going to be included on the recording. I loved it. I'm so glad it was. But before I started to play it at my family's watch party, I stood up and like did it all. <laughs> and then they were like, okay, come and sit down. And then it happened again. And I was like, now you see what I was doing. <laughs> I don't think they've ever been so done with me as they were that day. Wait, that's so funny. I didn't know you had done that. <laughs> Yeah, so we start out already with King George, who, I mean, arguably the best character in the show. Um, probably. Probably. Uh, and then we get into our opening number, which is Alexander Hamilton. Uh, now, I'm going to just say my first thought on this, it's all very good. I've seen this opening number a fair amount of time, staged a couple different ways, you know, throughout the Tony's performance um, and then other performances that they've done. Um, but my first thought was just, to be Diggs is so chill. <laughs> uh, yes, I 100% agree. He has such a, like, good stage presence. And it's like a weird mix where he's definitely acting, but there's also just this, like, David like it factor you know what I mean absolutely it's it's a performance but it doesn't feel performative if that yes. makes sense yes. and um yeah no I think that's going to be my common theme throughout this show or this recap based on my thoughts of watching this musical but really David Diggs is my like my my uh, surprise winner of really? this whole show yeah he's so good and I think I knew that and I did not think it. I mean, he won a Tony for it. Obviously, mm -hmm. he's very good. But um, I think him being um, a supporting actor in it, you just don't expect such a scene-stealing performance. But at the same time, he's not overbearing. So. Well, and listening to the cast recording, you obviously know he's a skilled rapper and, like, singer. You don't necessarily pick up on all the little acting things he does. And like you said, when it doesn't feel performative, that's when it's, like, a true performance. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But yes, opening number, killer. I actually didn't have any notes until Aaron Burr. Okay. Um, but in there, I just, Oak, he really goes in. He, and um, I think Oak is my David. Like, what David okay. is to you, that's Oak for me. I really just want to go bowling with the man. Like, 
I know that's like a weird statement. I just feel like <laughs> I feel like him and I would vibe. I think we'd be friends. I think I think you would too. He's he's another just really chill one. I know I've said I think I've said this on the podcast before even. But my favorite thing was when we saw Great Comet and we saw Oak in it, and his bio in the program literally said all it said was I have done things things other than Hamilton. And I was like, you're a man with a sense of humor I can appreciate. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and talking about range with Corey Cott, I mean, Oak's range between Great Comet and Hamilton. Completely different. Polar into the spectrum. Okay, honestly, that whole bar scene, um, like, intertwined with Aaron Burr, that, it's just so much funnier than you get from the cast recording. Yes. Yes. Aaron Burr is almost quirky. I feel like yeah. just the delivery, I don't think you you hear it on the cast recording, but he's he's like a little goofy. He's, well, he's a little fun. I'm like, okay, goofy is like, or you said quirky. That's a good way to put it. I have in my notes that Leslie's Burr is so much more like maniacal, like unsettling than I thought. Like, I love it, but I think like, he really, I think this was, like, it was so intentional, but he made it such a theatrical villain, whereas on the cast recording, you really get that, he, you you understand that he's, like, the villain of the story, but he's very serious and stern, and, like, Leslie kind of plays with him and makes him a little creepy, like, I didn't yes. love it. Yes, when but he, I loved it. But yes, yeah. yes, every time he, like, smile talks, you know, it's yeah, almost a yeah. sneer, but it's, like, almost an it smile. I it's like somewhere in between um like a little bit of a joker thing happening almost because he has such a big smile I I but at the same time it's a little bit charming which is again unsettling like we almost have an anti-hero happening rather than a villain in some scenes kind of depending what it is I think that's on purpose an anti-hero because like who lives who dies who tells your story it's all about who's in charge of the narrative like who's the hero and who's the villain absolutely and I I do feel like uh he gives he gives you a lot of reason to feel sympathetic towards Burr Mm -hmm. um which I don't think you get in the in the cast recording right like Dear Theodosia almost pulls you into that sympathy but it just doesn't do the same when you really see Leslie play the character yeah he humanizes him absolutely absolutely yeah I had um for for the opening number just (laughs) Leslie's carrying this song by the end of it um (laughs) not that anybody needed carrying in the opening number but he just I mean once he comes on stage he's he's doing the whole show like um he's really he's really your leading man and I don't know it almost I think sometimes feels uh like a battle when you're just listening to the songs between him and Hamilton being your leading man but I think watching it I really think um and this might be controversial but I I really think Burr is your leading man kind of definitively yeah I mean I think leading man is like an interesting term I definitely view and I think Lindsay even said it like like Burr is a narrator and I think that's like a pretty widely accepted fact but yeah I think Leslie or I think leading man is kind of like a ambiguous term you could put it on him you could put it on Hamilton yeah. I mean, Burr's definitely telling Hamilton's story for him, and that's the whole, that gives you, that fuels Hamilton's panic throughout the story. Right, right. Ooh, that's a good way of putting it, Fuel, fuels his panic. I love that. I have a way with words. You do. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are my thoughts on the kind of the intro couple numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Do we want to move on to maybe my shot? 
Yeah, hit me. Okay, all I have to say here is it's just so hype. <laughs> like, I was just so energized. And I was energized watching every number. That's true. But my shot especially just was like, whoa. Um, also, something that I appreciated was the Skylar sisters were there in the yeah. background. And like, I, I, I loved watching this show, like, watching this show because they're there constantly moving around. And that's um, not something that uh, you can appreciate on um, – on the cast recording is just the clever staging of the show. And that's, that's one of them. Yes, definitely. Um, well, and I think, yeah, like the energy in that number is incredible and they're obviously taking it all the time. I also love, there's some subtle changes in this number that they, like they perform it differently than they sing on the cast recording. Yeah. I, I have in my notes, S E W in capital and then I N N and, or S-E-W in lowercase, and then I-N-N in capital, and I can't quite hear it in my head right now, but I'm thinking they changed the to, like, so in something, I don't know, I don't know, but I wrote, I adore this subtle change. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely thinking they messed with that, and I think I loved it. I love it. All right, oof, I'm loving okay. this. So, so good. after that song, we have the story of tonight, which I didn't have any particular notes on. No, I was like, oh, this is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Um, and then the Skylar sisters. Oh, which my first note on this song is finally. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Here's why we're here at this show. Let's be real. It's, um, it's Philippa and Renee's world and I'm just living it. and Jasmine it's their three world and exactly. I'm just exactly uh, also um congrats to Jasmine on being the first father-daughter pair to win um I think it was like the Emmys I don't know I don't really keep up with it but I saw it on her Instagram and I was like oh, mm-hmm. I love her so congrats to her yeah, congrats um, to my girl um yeah, I just, I love all the personality in this song, which you hear, but you just don't. And again, this is, this is Leslie just, like, coming out of nowhere just to just be a, almost, like, absurd. I don't even know. Um, the way he hits on them is so funny. <laughs> well, and I think also, like, lyrically, Lynn is bringing out kind of this hidden side of history. Like, we don't learn about the feminist movement in this era. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think a lot of times, like of course our generation like the current generation always thinks you're the like the peak of moral goodness but I think we kind of forget that like people have like women have always been fighting for rights yeah just because it wasn't given to them doesn't mean they weren't fighting and working so I love that he kind of brought out this hidden side of history and has Renee like doing her thing like I mean right they're telling him what's up Right. Yes, absolutely. No, it's, and it's, I think it's really cool to, to see, um, that level of just feminism, but not like, but in a way where they're making change that's relative to where they're at. Right. Like, it's really cool to be her, be like, next time we're going to include women, like, you know, just being like, all right, that was, that was step one. Here's step two. <laughs> like, it's just kind of given, you know, I like that a lot where she's just like, no, this is, this is the next step. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I also love that, uh, Lafayette and John Lawrence are like in the background of this number. Like I have, I have a note about that. <laughs> just Anthony dancing in the back row of the chorus is incredible. I don't remember what it was, but I do remember it happening. I, he, 
that's another thing just about like seeing it filmed is there's so many like little tiny like that's the joy of live theater um but now we get it in our living room so congrats to all of us we love it anytime i see anthony ramos dancing it brings me such joy he's not bad i don't know why he makes me so happy (laughs) i think it's just him his general presence just boosts my mood (laughs) right (laughs) um but yeah after the scholar testers we have farmer refuted which which sorry no you're good go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, I don't know if you noticed this, but at the end of Skylar Sisters, John Rue goes up like he's going to talk to the three of them and then completely chickens out. Yes. And I cackled. <laughs> and I just want to know, like, was that, like, him being like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add this in, I'm going to sprinkle in some spice, or was that, like, a director choice? I don't know. I hope it was improvised. <laughs> I, I love it. Um. But yes, okay, so Farmer Refuted is actually my current song obsession. I feel like every time I listen to the cast recording, there's a new song that I love. It's my current one. Lyrically genius. Like, the way that Lynn gets them to overlap, it shows you how good he is at his craft. Right. It's honestly, it's one of, I'm ashamed to admit it, but it's one of the songs that I would, like, skip over when I first started listening. I'd be like, okay, Farmer Refuted. Um, But it's it's so good. It's so well written. Right, right. Um, No, I completely agree. And uh, it's fun to see them do it live because you still get all those nuances of uh, the clever lyrics and everything. But then getting to see them act it out, there's like more layers even to how clever it is, um, which I think is really fun to see. Um, I also love that Lafayette and Mulligan are totally pushing him to like start this fight. I was obsessed with that. Oh, yeah. So good. Um, and then Thane moving the box in front of Lynn. Yeah. So funny. Okay, not to make us go back to our habit of being a Bachelor podcast, but it reminds me of Hannah B. <laughs> yes. Coming back to the wrist. <laughs> so I think we need to, I think we need to um, backtrack or skirt back on our casting of Hannah B on Broadway because she would just be Samuel Seabury. Stop, stop that <laughs> right now. I don't need to think about that. <laughs> um, but yes, Farmer Refuted, Golden. Moving forward, we, ha- we have our man on stage. It's his show. You'll be back. Here he is. Yes. So good. What an entrance. Let's just start with that. It's incredible. All I wrote down for this one is, ladies and gents, that is how you get a Tony nom with nine minutes of stage time. We, honestly, honestly. So, I mean... Just the level of building an entire character in, a, like, in his first minute on the stage, right? Like, we know exactly who the character is. He's completely flushed out. I don't, I don't know how he did it. I don't. Um, but I love it. And, like, okay, another thing, and we can kind of get into this, like, in Act 2 as we see his character progress. Right. Now that there's a huge character arc for Kenny George, but one thing you notice is that he, he gets more movement each time he comes out on mm-hmm. stage you know, he moves more, and so to have this first song where he's practically standing still the entirety of it, and to have that much, like, presence and character development happening, happening, and him being able to tell the story so well with just his face, mm-hmm. incredible. Right, right, and I mean, I know it gets made fun of, but the spit, it's so, <laughs> it, it's good, though, because it makes a lot of sense. King George was kind of gross, and so, like, <laughs> When he's getting, no, he was, right? Like, and then he's getting, like, um, he's getting really, um, like, overexcited. And so he's, like, losing control. Mm-hmm. 
and but you're just seeing it from the neck up like that's it's disgusting and really funny but also <laughs> like a really interesting choice that i think does make sense um nice and then when he gets to the shoulders at the end like oh. what isolation <laughs> so good i actually have you ever heard of eight songs for a mad king it's not really a musical it's like a monodrama type thing i don't think i have it's we, I had to watch it for a school thing, and it's just, like, it's, an, like, a small orchestra on stage with, like, some strings, mm -hmm. and then it's just one actor, King George, and he's, like, acting. It's musical, but it's not, like, a musical. Mm -hmm. um, just eight songs, and it's King George, and it's, when we had to watch it for school, like, we had to watch, like, part of the Hamilton performance, too, and it was just so interesting because it's, like, in my head, that's, like Jonathan Groff is the theatrical King George, but to see this, it was a very, not that Hamilton isn't realistic, but this was a very more realistic and like a darker side of King George. I don't right. know, I love the exposition, so I recommend it. Oh, good to know. I'll be watching that. You know, I love, I love a good, you know, oh, English yeah. history. Oh, yes. Um, um, yeah, and then we have Ariana come in to be the symbol of death at the end. Oh, we're already starting out early with the, with the clever arc. Oh, oh continuity. Mm -hmm. So much in it. Love so it. rich. So many layers to feel back. Yeah, every time you, no, but for every time I watch or listen, there's something new I learn. Absolutely. And I've watched and listened a lot in my four years. Four years. Yeah, we've, we've had it for four years because it was the 2016 Tony. So four years yeah. plus. It's been so long. That's crazy. There's just like, you'll never know it all. No. Um, my next note after the Tony Nom one is The Power in George. I just read it and I was like, was I talking about King George? That doesn't seem right. I think I'm talking about George Washington because our next number is Right Hand Man. But yes, his power, he commands the stage. Like, I feel like I'm watching George Washington. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. And he's got the, like, the dad vibe, but also just the stern leader, but still really cares about his, his people. It's, it's really, it's really nice to see, um, that they, they let him play all those directions with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, like, he just embodies, like, what I imagine Washington to be so well, like, like, I feel like if I were to walk up to George Washington, everything I would feel where I'm, like, intimidated, but, like, intrigued, and, like, yeah, already feel loved by him but scared at the same time like I feel that when I watch Chris on stage so. right absolutely you just sum that up really well and I really I think it has to like do with just even his stance when he when he shows up with his shoulders back um yeah wow it also helps that he's a good five inches taller than everybody else in the cast this is true this is true but he really is he's a completely commanding presence on stage but he's not He's intimidating, but he's not intimidating, yeah. if that makes sense. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Also, Burr in Right Hand Man just tries so hard. It hurts. It, it, I, every time Burr and Washington are on stage at the same time, I have secondhand embarrassment. That's just a rule of thumb. Yes. It hurt. It did. It really hurt. Um, did you have anything else? No, I feel like Right Hand Man um, was a lot of what I expected it to be. But, of course, you know, a a five out of five stars. Yes. Um, the next thing I have is Winter's Ball. Yes. First of all, hilarious. So good. So well done. Um, <laughs> the first thing I said about the boys at the beginning was, wow, they're so cool. But, like, I loved every second of it. 
yeah yeah exactly just, <laughs> the way they modernize the whole story is so good just makes it's it so easier to digest and yeah. really but the winter's ball to helpless transition like i knew it was there i knew it was coming watching it whole other story the little sidestep with the boys yes love it, hey, love it. Hey. so good so good also i'm trying to backtrack a little bit but i don't know if you noticed but like lynn shoves david out of his way to get to angelica <laughs> he really does it's just like he did not just do that i loved it it's like every every moment in the show there's just so much to absorb but yes um helpless one of my fave numbers love it lynn was like was charming really charming and i was kind of surprised not that i like not that i don't think he's charming but it was just i was like yeah i'd fall for him too you know yeah yeah i think i don't know if you i don't know if you do enneagram but alexander hamilton is such a three and yes <laughs> you're laughing at me oh he is but yeah i think like not that all threes are like this but like this, this just brings up the three factor a little bit not that any song does not bring up the three factor because he is a textbook three but yeah that's just your humble opinion that's just my i did look into becoming a licensed enneagram coach <laughs> but besides that it's just my Amateur opinion. Oh my gosh. Yes, and his celebratory dance is my everything. Um, also, Eliza hits that riff and she does it live. Yeah. Um, well, and okay, do you have any? I don't know if you have anything else to say on Helpless. Do you? Um, all I have to say is that Oak is the best flower girl and I'll be hoping to put him in my wedding. Please do, please. Um, satisfied? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and speaking of Renee's vocal just gift, her vibrato at the end of Satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taken to another place. It is holy cow. Holy cow. The vibrato is insane. And then her face at the end, like, just destroyed me. Yes. Oh, that woman... Like, I feel like she's definitely hyped, but I still feel like she's underhyped. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, she won a Tony for this role, and I feel like we don't appreciate her mu- that much. I think she needs more. Right. Like, I think she needs more. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it takes a lot to carry that scene, especially because it can be kind of confusing because they're rewinding back in time. It's like you have a lot of catching up to do. Um, and granted, I'm coming from the place of knowing the show very well um but when I watched with my parents who didn't know the show right like they picked up on it pretty quickly what was happening because I asked them because I was curious um but I think she she really tells that story very well and I think that takes just a whole other level of talent to be able to cover you know the emotional sides of things and and playing Angelica but then also keeping the audience like helping the audience keep up with what's going on um that was really well done. Yeah, to be a storyteller while still having, like, the vocal ability, the rapping ability, everything else that comes with that. Yeah, she raps, too. Like, number. what can't this woman do? Yeah. Have you have you finished his Always Extraordinary playlist yet? I have not. We we need to talk about that on the pod, though. We do, but have you, have you gotten to where she's in it? 
No. Oh, okay. We'll talk about it next time. You need to, before we do act two, you need to finish Zoe's okay. and then we'll, we'll discuss it. I'm close. Okay. So good. Yeah. Anyway, Satisfied was incredible. Loved it. Yes. And then, okay, honestly, I don't have another note for a little while, but hit me with what you have. Um, well, right after Satisfied is the story of tonight. Oh, yeah. um, and all I need to say about that is that I did not realize that that song was literally the groomsmen just, like, drunk after the wedding. <laughs> that like, that's what that song is, and I'm obsessed. <laughs> and, yeah, again, like, just telling this story through a 21st century perspective, like, because it's not like he's adding things that didn't happen. It's just, these are the things you don't learn in history books. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and this is what makes it exciting and interesting and accessible to us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think too, um, like you're saying, they stay pretty accurate still with like, um, telling it in a way that, you know, a 21st century audience understands, but I think it also helps us to feel a lot closer to the 18th century because it's like well it really wasn't that different you know I mean it was but at the same time people were people um and so it's it's kind of fun to see oh like you know they were dudes like dudes will be dudes kind of thing <laughs> yes exactly. they were a bro squad whatever <laughs> 100 percent love it well I'm um, open to wait for it yes I love wait for it like I have heard Leslie sing so many times and I'm still blown away each time. Yes. hundred percent agree. He for me is like Renee where they literally gave him a Tony for this performance. And I'm like, I don't think you recognized him enough. I don't think you understand. I don't think you appreciate him the way he deserves to be appreciated. Yeah. Because you're right. And honestly, I didn't write anything down. And all I did after the song was over, I was just like, I have nothing to say. I'm so enthralled by what Leslie. Yeah. And then I also said, he really is truly inimitable. Like, wow. So good. Look at that. Look at you using your Hamilton vocabulary. <laughs> Look, he just, I was like, yeah, you really are. Good for you, Leslie. There you have it. And then we move into our Stay Alive great number gets me feeling things i love it i will start off um on one funny note um the fact that um john when he goes i'm a general we like he doesn't go that hard on the album like he really yeah it was what eight counts of we i mean like it was just so dramatic <laughs> He said, oh, the cameras are here today? Okay. He said, oh, I hear you. This is my moment. I'm here to perform. Yeah, I would love to know if he did that every night or if this was just for the... Right, like, recording. how much air did he have to suck in <laughs> to be able to do it? Yeah, exactly. My question. 100%. <laughs> and I love the way they do the battle. With yes. the, like, they had the red coats on stage. That was really cool. I, I love that. The movement is very well done, and I love hearing you talk about that because you're our, you're our resident movement expert, but, like... I do what I can. Also, <laughs> I guess I'll just take this moment to say the chorus is underappreciated, and I don't know why we didn't just create a chorus, Tony, like, best chorus for, for Hamilton, because they're telling this whole story, you know, like, we talk about the lead actor's doing such a good job at storytelling and they do but I mean 
they just add so much um, context to what's going on. I mean, starting from the very beginning when they're acting out everything that they're telling you um, in Alexander Hamilton, I feel like uh, when you have a, a rap musical, um, and granted, everyone knows the, count, the um, soundtrack by now, but really sometimes words can get lost or sometimes you're trying to keep up with what's going on and and it can get fast or, or whatever, but the chorus really keeps you grounded in the story. Um, and then, I mean, Annie Blankenbuehler is incredible. The choreography itself just is so cool because they're moving with what they're trying to tell you to do. I don't know how to say this, but like they move around with, with how they're um, acting out the story, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there's that, you know, like, everything is purposeful everything does a job and it's oh it's so clever and they're constantly moving too like the level of choreography that they do and the amount of it to tell this whole story from being dramatic comedic um graceful you know uh like quirky or whatever they really match the tone really well um and yeah they're incredible that's my that's my rant about the chorus they're so good 100 and i agree with you on like we need we need an ensemble tony um and I also think, like, okay, swings always deserve way more appreciation than they're ever given. But in this show, particularly, with where the movement is so intricate and every, I mean, okay, in every show, each ensemble member has a different track. But I feel like in this show, they really all have diff very different tracks. Be able to keep that separate and so precise in your brain, incredible. Wow. Right, because every, every ensemble member plays several characters exactly. throughout and it's I mean like the show wouldn't make sense without them it really wouldn't and that's not always true they really um play a really important part in telling the story um so yeah no absolutely so good so good and um stay alive is a really good example of that um especially because like John Rose in the ensemble but he's playing a character that um John Lawrence duels like yeah. that's a very important part of the story yeah. <laughs> that's the more <laughs> yeah. level example of it um but yeah after that we move into 10 dual commandments which great song I just didn't have any notes for it um I'm was hyped for the light lighting um I I went and checked they got the lighting Tony for it and yeah. I was like good because it's really good <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because, okay, I never saw it on Broadway, but I saw it in Chicago. And when I like left the show, I was blown away by the lighting. Like that was my like big, like, I did not expect the lighting to be that good. And I don't know. I, I'm glad you picked up on that too, because well, and I, there's a lot of attention. Absolutely. And I thought about that the whole show. It kept coming up um, in the back of my mind. Just this lighting is so spectacular I don't I don't I don't know how to say it concretely I guess I don't know like enough about it to comment on it but it it just really like you notice it you're like this is part of yeah. the story again it's like almost like its own character well and I think a lot of times the thing with lighting is it's one of those things where you don't necessarily notice it but you would notice if it wasn't there yes and that's probably coming from me who's like not a tech person I bet if you're into tech like you understand you notice it a lot more mm -hmm. but this is one of those shows where like you do notice the lighting yeah. and you're like the lighting made that scene it completed it yeah absolutely absolutely you're echoing exactly what I feel um yeah and then from a filming standpoint um which I guess we can talk about at the end just kind of the overall effect of it being filmed rather than actually being live but um 
I love that they they did an overhead shot of the two of them crossing before they fired. I really loved that shot. I don't, I just I was really drawn to it. I was like, that's so cool, especially um, because they have the rotational wheel in the center. Um, it just really it was it was a very fun look. Um, I would love a behind the scenes of like them filming this and like talking about what shots to get and like. I don't know if they have if they didn't film it we're not we'll never get it it's too late now but if they do have it I'd love the footage <laughs> thanks right right <laughs> and then after that we're gonna move on to meet me inside again just the George character crazy crazy so good. the call me son one more time was so much it was scary <laughs> it was terrifying I was like I hurt I was like, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. I'm I was like, like, am I in trouble? <laughs> yeah, I just right through the screen, right to you. It's a personal, personal thing. It felt targeted. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, um, go ahead. And my comment, too, just the way that it, it, like, played out on the stage. I was like, did, like, did Lynn just get grounded? Like, is that what just happened? <laughs> yes, it's. And I'm, this has been said before, this is not an original thought, but, like, it has the same energy as, like, when a kid gets called to, like, the principal's office and the class is like, ooh, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. Energy. Absolutely. Um, and then we went through that would be enough. Oh. Beautiful. Philippa, her voice, like, it just has such a pure and open tone, and I feel like it really shows off in this number. So Absolutely. Good. It, like, her voice, when you first hear it, like, you would almost make the mistake, or at least I did when I first heard it. I was like, is that, is it kind of more of, like, a weak voice? Um, but there's so much strength behind just that open tone, and I think that's just what makes it, because you're like, she has a backbone, you know what I mean? Like, Eliza's strong. She's not, you know, she's not a little wimp that you're gonna walk over. She's sweet, but, she, but she'll, like, stand up for herself, yes. and it's, oh, it's so awesome to watch. Like, her voice just fits the role. Oh, wow, I'm getting chills. I know, I'm like, I'm ready to. <laughs> Eliza is such a three-dimensional character. So, uh, my, you you know how I feel about Eliza. She's my I favorite female character in all of theater. Um, And I just think, yeah, like, her, like, the purity of it, but the strength in it at the same time, it's like a quiet strength. And, mm, oh, I just, oh like, yes. I mean, I think well we'll have so much more to say about her throughout this um but i also just is eliza's act so it's coming right look it is eliza's show which i have i i could do a whole episode on that but i'm just gonna sneak it into the end of episode two okay well i have notes about it as well so i'm glad we're on the same page there (laughs) we'll get to it everybody stay tuned um also just on a you know analyzing history um why did Alexander ever leave her at home to go to war? I just, why, I, if I had that woman, I would not leave her. Come on, Alex. Like, get, your, get yourself together, my man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, and then we have Guns and Ships, which, that song makes me, I always think I'm a lot better rapper than I am. Yes, yes. I'm always like, I can talk as fast as Defeat Diggs. I can't, but I try. It's the effort that matters. It's the effort. Um, yeah, this is, he shines in this song. Oh my gosh. And he just, I don't think I can say how it makes me feel, um, but I'm just going to say I loved it. 
<laughs> there we go. That sums it up. Perfect. Sums it up. <laughs> then we have history has its eyes on you. Looked again. Um, George Washington and just he's like I know we've talked about this twice already, but he's just a hidden gem of the show. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think he gets enough love. Also, he hands Alexander the sword and Alexander like bows to him as he takes it. Oh, I had chills. Yes. And okay, wait, I'm just not that just like it gave me I don't I'm trying to decide if I want to say it now or save it. But Hamilton bows once more in act two. And I think we can talk about the symbolism of that next week because yes, what? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> to unpack here so much to unpack. <laughs> you have to come back for episode two to hear more. <laughs> yeah, guys. Um, yeah, and when they salute, oh, it was so good. I, I don't have anything concrete to say about. It. I just really loved it. And then we have Yorktown, which could be a whole episode in itself it's just like the energy and the choreo in that incredible so, again the choreo the ensemble the way they use the red coats as props so good so good oh i just want to i just want to listen to andy blankenbuehler think out loud like i want to i want to hear him talk That's about the way that he did that choreography right because I, again, it's just, it's so clever. I think the, the really cool thing about this show is everyone in it, all of the cast, um, and I think I can kind of say this blanket statement, I mean, uh, I'm going to say it, um, and all of the creative team, right, they're all just really smart. Like, they're very talented, but they're also really smart, and it just creates such a dynamic um, experience, I think. Yes, well, and I love that because I feel like I think all artists are very intentional, but I love when an artist, everything is purposeful. Um, I think like the queen of doing that in like the pop music world is Taylor Swift. Like everything she does has meaning and people know to like take everything seriously. And like, it's always a hint and that's just fun. It's like a game to be a Mm -hmm. fan. And I think like Hamilton is like a very good example of that in the theater world. Just everything is intentional. Right, right, exactly. And I think in the direction and in the choreography and, of course, in the writing, everything, nothing's wasted. And that's so cool to see. Yes. Um, also, I just love Herc's return oh. in Yorktown. What an appearance. So good, so good. And then, I mean, the only thing you could ever want to see after Yorktown would be Jonathan Groff. So he's Amen. Out. Um, all I have for his number here is the blue stomp. Oh, it's okay. my favorite. I have notes on that. Yeah. Intentional making everything oh, so good. I love that. I love his face as he enters. <laughs> He's just... And then, of course, Awesome Wow, your favorite. Oh, yes. Um, and then the ending. I mean, how do you end a perfect King George number? There are three in the world, exactly three. And how do you, how do you end the second one? He shrugs. He literally shrugs and then just walks off. And I think um, less is more. Less is more. And man, does that less send me. <laughs> he's, he's a complete professional at it. So, um, and then of course, we've, you know, we've gotten our groff, our healthy dose of groff, groff for the next few, few numbers. And we move into Dear, Dear Theodosia, which 
I, this was something I kind of like realized as I was watching it on film for the first time. Dear Theodosia is the only moment of unity for these two men mm-hmm. in the show. Like they are different in every aspect of their being, but like the fact that they both are like passionate about being a father because of their past and the fact that they are building this nation for the sake of their children like that's the only thing they agree on and they share this moment in this number but I don't know if this was a purpose or not probably was because everything is but while Lynn is standing for most of the song Leslie's sitting Mm -hmm. and I like that because Lynn's gonna build this nation as like you know, he's going to go get it and Leslie's going to sit back and kind of let the nation build itself and be there when he needs to be and do what he needs to do, but not really take charge. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then just, I mean, the emotion from the two of them. Um, I mean, my first thought is (laughs) give these men Tonys. They did. Um, But I love Leslie's emotion and I think it's really interesting to hear him talk about it and, um, talking about how when he would sing it on stage he was talking to his like future daughter or his future child um I think it was really beautiful and I think you see it because I um I watched it once before knowing that that's what he did and then I watched it the second time and both were really impactful but it was really cool to watch it the second time when you could just really see like this is a man like singing about his child and the way that he cares about them um and then I do just want to touch on Lynn's emotion so I mean, everyone, I don't think anyone said Lynn's a bad actor, right? Like, I don't think that's ever been said. Yeah. But I just don't think every, any time anyone is like, oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's, you know, an actor, right? Because there's all these other things that he's, you know, so well uh, yes. known for, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, he started in Hamilton. Of course, he wrote it. But, I mean, you really, I feel, I felt very emotionally attached to Alexander starting with this number and then following it through for the rest of the show. Um, and I think I'll, I'll probably say this or I'll repeat myself, um, especially throughout act two, but I mean, really just such an emotive way of singing. And, um, I, I, I don't think I was expecting it. I mean, you know, I, was expecting it to be good, but I mean, really, he just pulled me in, and I think I was expecting to be pulled more towards Burr, because it kind of almost feels like Burr's song to me, mm-hmm. um, especially just because of the way it starts out, um, but wow, I was, like, pulled to both so much. It was very magnetic. Yeah, well, and I like that you say that, because I think, not that Alex does not have, like, hu- human traits to him in, the be- like, the beginning of the first act, but if you, like, most of us cannot relate to those things, um, or at least I couldn't, like, I just am not someone that is, like, as charged and determined as him, and, like, as ruthless as maybe a terrible word, but (laughs) I've never, you know, gone to war, so I don't, like, relate to those things as much, Mm -hmm. but, like, this human emotion of, like, loving someone and wanting to do everything for them is just, like, a great point of connection between Alex in the audience. Right, absolutely. And I think this marks kind of a shift for both men, which is really interesting Mm -hmm. because, you know, um, with Burr, he's done fighting a war and he's resolved to, you know, do what he has to do to help out the nation, but really he's going to stay passive. And then with Alexander, you see almost, you see more emotion from him coming from that 
cool as a father, but then you see him almost rev up more and he's like, he, he's just begun. So it's, it, and like you said, with the sitting and the standing, it's, it, you even see it in the way it's staged is, is one's ready to kind of retire and go to that family life. And then one's ready to, to kick it up. So I love that. Yeah. Well, and then after that number, we get our little quote unquote, like surprise number that tomorrow there'll be more of us, which emotionally wrecks me. Yeah. Um, I love that Lynn kind of kept it a little hidden. Like it's not on the cast recording. I think it adds to the novelty of it. All I put for that was tomorrow there'll be more of us. Like the way that that is sung. I had the exact same thing. The way he puts the emphasis on more. Yes. He goes up. Oh, 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 it hurts. I had more in capitalized letters on my sheet. Like, I mean, this just solidifies where was Anthony Ramos's Tony nomination? That's what I want to know. Yes. I'm still bitter. Well, and like, the more, like, that's what they're fighting for this whole time. Like, and that's what, like, you know, he's like, Anthony says that. And then Lynn is into this whole, like, more. He's got to keep working. He's, there's more. Exactly. More, like, oh, it's. Ooh, so right. Good. And it's. Right. And like you watch him not process it at all. Right. He takes it and is like, got to keep going. Right. With the more. And it's really like, you can just see on Eliza's face. She's like, you haven't processed this. Right. Like, oh, and having her read it is devastating. And then seeing um, Lafayette and um, Mulligan up at the top reading it. Oh my gosh, my soul hurt. (laughs) So, So good. It's art. It's art. It's art. Um, and then we go into our closer nonstop. <laughs> nonstop <laughs> left me hyped. What a way to end a show. I actually like brought this up in my composition <laughs> lesson last week. My like composition instructor was like, so like, where do you want to take this piece? And I was like, well, do you know nonstop from Hamilton? I was like, I think that's the greatest act one closer of all time. And I just like, <laughs> I want to channel that energy. And he was like, okay, well, you're not going to be that good, but. <laughs> Like, stay realistic. <laughs> this is your first semester of comp lessons. You're not Lin-Manuel Miranda, but. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Um, and when he, like, and it, it's interesting, too, because you transition out of Tomorrow There'll Be More of Us, and, and, like, he composes himself, and then he goes. Yes. Also. Which is so characteristic of the man. Right. Oh, it's. Oh, it's so good. Um, you just like such character development, right? And just such good storytelling because you see the full character every time, right? You know exactly who this guy is, which is so cool. Um, I also just love all the comedy in this, right? Like when he's like, yeah. I practically perfected it and like does the coattail flip. Oh, yeah. I mean, so much. Every movement is planned and choreographed. It's so good. Right. And the I was chosen for the Constitution Convention. We all, we've talked about this, but. ah! (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, Go ahead. No, go for it. No, because mine's kind of a closing thing. Okay. Um, Well, then I was going to comment. I think with this number, he's suddenly a little bit more flamboyant, um, just in a more performative way uh as he kind of picks up more confidence with who he is and and takes on more responsibility and everything and I think it's interesting to see that immediately after Dear Theodosia you're again kind of seeing that transition I thought yeah that's good um the only other thing I had for act one this kind of is both acts but I'll put it here because I feel like there's more to unpack in a second but the ponytails 
There's a, I think these ponytails are very well planned. I think all the men have ponytails in Act 1 while the women have their hair down because the men are at war in Act 1. And then we get to Act 2 and the men have their hair down and all the girls have ponytails because I think Act 2, we have the women at war. Oh my goodness. And like, yeah, and like that's when Eliza's is fighting. Like Eliza's fighting in Act 2 while she's been a supporter right. in Act 1. And right, was worth mentioning. I just oh love, no, yeah, that's very that. good. I love it. Um, yeah, wow. I mean, that's a great way to close on. I don't think I can. I don't think I have anything else to say. That's really clever. I like that. Well, good. Well, we will be back next week with Act Two. There's a lot more to unpack in that. Um, <laughs> We're gonna get going about Eliza, and she's gonna. <laughs> once you once you get us on our Eliza soapbox, I don't I don't get off for a while. I love I have so many thoughts. <laughs> I, I wrote my college admissions essay on Eliza. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> yeah, I totally did. I'm in love with that. Oh yes, oh yes. Well, if that's all for Hamilton, let's do our six degrees of separation. Oh, let's do it. All right. First up, we have Ben Cook. And then we have Ben Bankhauser, so we've got some new bins. We've got our fave bins. Which I'm thinking the most obvious one is just that they were both in the Newsies movie, but... No. We have, to, we have to go harder than that. Yeah. I mean, we can take we can take Ben Bankhauser in Newsies with Andrew Keenan Bolger and then put him in tack with Ben Cook. That's just a very... I think we can do better than this, Cameron. I want a challenge today. Okay. 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 We'll step it up. Okay. okay. So let's see. Um... Okay, so besides Newsies on tour, Ben has also done Mean Girls on Broadway. Correct. Yes. And we just, we just ruled out um, Tuck, so Mean Girls on Broadway is, I think, our best bet. So Mean Girls, we could take Barrett to, um, Heathers. I'm not thinking of anybody in that. We could do, okay, there's Ashley Park, there's Taylor Lauterman. Bring it on? Ooh, okay. Okay, so bring it on. Well, and bring it on, we could go to a different paths. We could go, that we could go back to our, our show theme. We could do Hamilton, we could talk about Lynn writing the music for Bring It On, and then That's go to Hamilton. true. That. Or we could do um, Miss mm. DeBose. Wait, yes, she was in that. And then she's in Hamilton. Yeah. We've got there's a, heck a lot, lot of people. people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we have Thane. Oh, and then Newsies with Mr. the Thanks. Oh, love it. We got five people. Nailed it. Okay, so Ben Cook in Mean Girls with Taylor Lauderman, who was in Bring It On with Ariana DeBose, who was in Hamilton with Mr. Thane Jasperson, who was in Newsies with Mr. Ben Fankhauser. Yes. Battle of the Bens. We love it. We love, we love the Battle of the Bens. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. This is fun. Yes. I hope you love it. listening to Hamilton as much as we love talking about it. <laughs> it's good for us to have an outlet. It <laughs> is. We really got a lot released. <laughs> <laughs> All but, right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode and you're just dying to hear more, <laughs> come back next week for week two, act two of Hamilton. Yes. Yes. And for now, now, the show is over. Goodbye. Bye.